I'm Shruti. I'm Sarah. And I'm Grace. And we're the book hosts. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about season one of Bridgerton on Netflix. Um, as you all know, I have been talking about the show for a while now, so I'm very excited that we get to finally talk about it. Just as a heads up at the beginning of this episode, we are going to, we'll have a non-spoilery section where we talk about our thoughts without spoilers, um, but we are going to be talking about some things that happen in the show that may be triggering, so we'll give you warnings when those come up, but just wanted to give you a heads up when we get to there. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about what we've been reading this week. Uh, Grace, what have you been reading this week? Thank you so much for asking, Shruti. I have not read anything. Sarah, what have you read this week? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for asking, Grace. I read half a book. Um, Wow. Yeah, I'm halfway through Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. Yeah, I'm sure we've all heard of this book. Um, So I won't go into too much detail, but um, just like everyone else, I'm loving it. I'm having such a good time reading it. I'm like looking forward to when I get to come home from work and read it. And I've actually been reading it before bed at night too, which I, I don't read that much before sleep, but this is just like, it's so calming and like fun that I just like read a couple pages before falling asleep. And it's just, it makes me feel nice. And if you are one of the few people like me who hasn't read this book yet, you should definitely read it. Um, it's definitely a weird time to be reading it today, especially like, oh, um, yeah. today, for those of you, you know, who are listening, we're recording this on, um, uh, Wednesday, January 6th. And I'm sure, you know, everyone knows who knows what will have happened since this recording, but I got home from work after everything happened today and I started reading it. I was like, this is kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. This is definitely like an extremely alternate <laughs> reality, mm-hmm. but that's okay. It's a nice like escape. And I love the characters. I love the writing. It's just a good time. And I keep finding myself thinking like I do every time I read like kind of, I guess a romance novel like this one and you deserve each other and be treated. I'm like, man, why do I read anything else? You know, like why do I bother (laughs) with serious books when these are so fun, which I, you know, I'll I'll definitely read more serious books too, but I think I'm definitely going to be reading more like light fun books this year too, because it's just necessary. And, um, so yeah, I'm definitely enjoying Red, White, and Royal Blue, and um, I think Casey McQuinston has another book coming out this year, too, so I'll definitely be picking that one up when it comes out, so yeah. yeah. I'm excited for that one. I need to pre-order it. I think it's yeah, like it looks May. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it does, because I was looking at it on Goodreads the other day. It sounds really good, and the cover's mm-hmm. really cute, so it I'm is. excited. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Shruti, what did you read this week? Um, well, thank you for asking. <laughs> I read a whole book and a half. I mean, wow. Yeah, we're, wow. I mean, we're really, we're really killing it this week. Um, sorry, oh. I forgot to mention it. I started an audiobook too. Sorry oh, wow. You, Shruti. No, you're I'll just fine. mention real quick. I started listening to the audiobook of Little Monsters by Cara Thomas. Sorry, I just got really excited because I was like, wait, I read more. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's like a thriller young adult novel. It's not like great, but it's just fun to listen to while I get ready in the morning and on my five minute drive to work. So I'm not very far. I'm like an hour into audiobook, but it's a good time. Anyway, just wanted to mention that. Sorry, Shruti. No, it's good. Continue. <laughs> it is very exciting. Um, I read, so I read Forsaken Trail by Devney Perry, which is the fourth book in the Runaway series. And I've been talking about this for a while now. Um, 
this is the series where we have five kids who grew up in a junkyard because of various reasons they ran away from home and they've been kind of doing like it's been like a they've been like a tag teaming a road trip so the Cadillac started in Boston and then it went to West Virginia and then it's gone to Montana and now and then it went to Oregon and then now it's in Arizona and here in Arizona we have Aria and Brody um, they have an enemies to lovers situation um, they also have an accidental pregnancy so they do have a one night stand she gets pregnant and now they have to raise the baby so there's drama with that and stuff like that it was cute I enjoyed it I've been avoiding accidental pregnancy books because after reading Well Suited by Stacey Hart, I'm like, this is good. This is what I wanted from this trope, but now I'm good. I don't need to read any more of it. But I did read this one because it was part of the series, and I do like the other books. So I was like, I'll give it a chance. And I liked it. That was really cute. Um, and it took me a lot. I thought I was going to try. I was trying to pace myself, as I said, this year. And I was like, I'm going to just read, like, a little bit at a time. But I actually finished it, like, really quickly. Like, I read it in a day. But then... I started my second book, which I'm still like only halfway through. Um, and it's called So Good by Nicola Rendell. Um, it's a friends to lovers and it has a lot of dogs. So for grace, um, there's a lot of dogs going on. There's like one, the hero owns, finds a dog who's like drowning and like adopts him, her, sorry, adopts her. And then <laughs> um, the heroine has um, a cat that's bequeathed from her um, grandmother. And of course they hate each other because the dog and the cat hate each other, but like they're best friends. Um, I don't know why it's taking me so long to read this. It could be, I don't know if it's just not feeling it or if it's, which is weird because it's friends to lovers and I usually always enjoy that in some way. Um, or if it's because, you know, my life is also very crazy right now. It's the end of the quarter and all those things. So I don't know, but I'm taking my time. I'm only 50% of the way through. It doesn't really have an impression on me. Like it's fine, but I'm not like, this is amazing and great. Otherwise I probably would have finished reading it by now. So that's where I'm at with that right Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, at least at least there are dogs. There are dogs. The dog is really cute, and like the descriptions of the dog is really cute, and the descriptions of the dog with the guy are really cute. So like all of that is great. The rest of it, eh. again, it's not bad. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. It seems weird to jump into our topic so early, but here we are. Um, probably good because we have. A, I I know I have a lot of thoughts. Um, so. What we will do is we're going to first give our spoiler-free thoughts of Bridgerton, the first season. Um, before we do that, I'm just going to give you guys a quick little summary of the show and, like, what it's about and why you should check it out. So Bridgerton is the name of a family of eight siblings and their mom. Um, and the siblings are named in alphabetical order, just like the books that we've talked about, which are by Julia Quinn. And the eight si siblings are Anthony, Benedict, Colin, Daphne, Eloise, Francesca, Gregory, and Hyacinth. So they go in alphabetical order, and the mom's name is Violet. Um, so there's, like, stories about them. The first season focuses on Daphne, who is the oldest daughter, and her love story with the Duke of Hastings, Simon. Um, and then there's this other family, the Featheringtons, and they're involved as well. And then there's, like, all these other people in the city and all of their stories. Um, it is primarily a romance. It's obviously adapted from historical romance, so... They have a lot of tropes involved. Um, yeah, there's a lot of balls and scandal and drama. Um, I think the main thing, though, is, like, it, it has been compared to Gossip Girl because there is this Lady Whistledown character who, like, who is narrated by Julie Andrews um, and kind of, like, gives you, like, oh, this is what's going on. This is the scandal. This is the gossip um, and all of that. And, like, there's no XOXO, but there is, like, like, sincerely Lady Whistledown at the end of episodes and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a good time. Um, 
who wants to share their general thoughts first? I'll go last, I think, because all of my thoughts are always going to be biased by the book. So I'm going to let Grace or Sarah go first. Sure. So I actually just finished the show last night. I watched it in about a week, which is very fast for me to watch a show. But like I said last time, Shruti was holding me hostage and pointing mm-hmm. a gun at my head. So I finished it. But no, it was, I enjoyed it. I had a fun time watching it. Um, there are definitely some things I didn't like about it. And I'll get more, we'll get more into that in the spoiler section. But overall, it was super entertaining. Um, I wasn't bored either, which I kind of, not that I like expected to be bored, but a lot of times with like drama shows where the episodes are 40 minutes or longer, I do tend to drift in and out a little bit, but um, it mostly held my interest. Um, I didn't really get invested in any of the characters, which sounds weird because it's like a character driven show, but I I just kind of like watched from afar. I was like, yeah, this is, they're all cool. Like this is fun, I guess. Um, my biggest issue was that I could not tell the brothers apart for the life of me. Like, there are all these jokes on Twitter about it. I could not tell them apart. Like, my boyfriend always makes fun of me when we watch movies and stuff because I can never tell, like, the men apart. And this show <laughs> exacerbated that so much. Like, if you, that one picture that's going around on Twitter of all of them next to each other, I'm like, what? How are we supposed, how am I supposed to be able to tell them apart? Um, and then, but other than that, though, you know, it was a good time. By the end, I sort of figured out who was who, but honestly, I'm probably going to say some dumb shit during this episode because I could, I could not tell you which certain scenes, which one was which. So, um, forgive me if I mixed them up a couple times, but other than that, um, I had a good time watching it. Um, I don't. I mean, I'll definitely watch the next season if it comes out. I wasn't particularly, like, invested in it or anything, but it was fun. It was, you know, I just had it on. I did my embroidery while they talk shit on needlework and uh, had a good time. It was fun. I, like Sarah, also found it to be fun. I was, I also wasn't, like, super invested or anything. It was just, like, let me sit down and watch some Bridgerton while I bullet journal. So I also did a task. Um, and it was fun. Um, I also got the brothers mixed up, but by the end I was like, okay. I mean, at this point I've kind of forgotten their names, even though Shruti's all just named all of them off. But at the end I was like, okay, the one that I find slightly more attractive is the juicy one. And then the other two are the other, (laughs) the other two. So by the end I got it, by the end I got it. But at first I didn't know the difference either. Um, I really liked, it was a fun time. I liked the costumes and the cinematography. It was very pretty. And the music is really good. The most important thing in any show is the music. (laughs) Um, It's like all instrumental. And then some of it is like instrumental covers of pop songs. So like a great time, truly. And I also really liked the Simon and Daphne relationship. I was like, yeah, this is fun. I'm vibing. I was vibing. But the best thing about this show is so many people (laughs) have been bringing it up. And as I said Mm -hmm. last week, anytime someone's like TV, I'm like, what is that? (laughs) but this week I'm like I've watched that and I can talk to people about it and I don't feel like a lame person who doesn't know what's going on so that has been a real joy in my life I I cannot tell you yeah I cannot tell you how many people have been like have you watched Bridgerton one of my students today asked me have you watched Bridgerton and I was like do they know yes I have do they know who you are no no, they don't but yeah it was a great time so we had like a five-minute conversation real quick about Netflix but 
That's yeah. So like everyone has been watching the show and it's been kind of crazy. To add on to mine, I definitely agree with Grace about the cinematography and the music and the costumes. Just a stunning show visually. And I love the covers of pop songs in there too. Like I know it's not like historically accurate or whatever the fuck, but I don't even care. It was fun. And, um, oh, I have to mention my favorite character was Eloise, which I know is a very Same. popular opinion, but I think she was, she was definitely like the most interesting character. She, her, she was fun. Um, the actress, uh, did a great job. Um, shout out to my house of Anubis bitches <laughs> and my house of Anubis bitches only because we knew her first. I'm just kidding, but she did a great job. But not really, but not really. I'm also serious. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's all I had to add. That's all I forgot. But yes, Eloise was probably my favorite. Eloise is definitely my favorite. I mm-hmm. think objectively, objectively yeah. the best character in the show. Shruti may have it over mm-hmm. me. And I also wanted to give a quick shout out while we're shouting people out to Vitamin String Quartet because yes. They, yes. Have like, they have like three songs in the show and I love Vitamin String Quartet. Sometimes they mm-hmm. like my tweets. Maybe I'll tweet about them on the book hose and they'll like that tweet too. And then we can be friends. Please do. But I'm so proud of them. I support them in all their endeavors. Good job. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't disagree with you. I think objectively Eloise is probably the most beloved character. um, And I have thoughts on why that is, but I do think a big part of that is the actress who's awesome and like did a really great job with the character. So Mm -hmm. yes, I agree with that. Um, But yeah, overall I liked it. Um, I had a good time. I think it's very much a show you should not take seriously. Um, we will take a little bit of it seriously because there are some things I want to talk about. But I think overall, you're going in there with the mindset of this is just for me to have a good time. It's not historically accurate. And that's totally okay. Like they're wearing corsets, but then they're wearing empire waist dresses. And that's like, this makes no sense to me, but I don't care because it's pretty. So that's fine. And then, you know, like there are sex scenes and again, you're like, it could be cringy. Sure. But do I care right now? No, it's cool. I'm, I'm vibing with it. So I, I think it was a good job for what it was supposed to be and for the audience that it's supposed to cater to. Um, and honestly, any of my complaints only have to do with like book comparison stuff and like that kind of stuff. Um, well, actually, that's not true. I have a couple other complaints, but the majority of my complaints are book comparison stuff, which I can get over because I, you know, we acknowledge that the TV show is the TV show. Um, and on that note, I think I enjoyed this so I just actually, so I watched it the day after it came out, binged it all together. And then I actually just finished rewatching it and I kind of spaced it out a little bit more when I was rewatching it. Um, and I think I liked it more the first time. And I don't know if it was because I binged it or if it's because it was the first time. And now that I've had some time to sit with it and then rewatched it, I didn't like it, but I don't know. So just as some, I want to throw that out there that I kind of liked it better the first time. Um, but I still liked it and I had a good time. And overall, I'm happy that it was made um, because even if there are issues with it, like we can have more romance adaptions and like, I'm all for that. So there we go. Yeah. Anyone have any other spoiler free thoughts they want to share before we jump into spoilers? Oh, I just want to share. I saw a tweet the other day about how any character in the show um, could be the name of a Pomeranian that you own. And love that thread. It's a great, it was a great tweet because they're right. And they, it's a thread of like Pomeranians assigned with a Bridgerton character name. I'll retweet it on the book host. That's <laughs> all. Tweet. I haven't yeah. seen it. I, I'll send it to you specifically and then I'll retweet it onto the book <laughs> Thank host. Thank you. Yeah, I do need to see this. You do. 
Yes. There are some, I think the one great thing about this show being so popular is there are some great social media tweets. By the way, yes. shout out to the social media manager of the Bridgerton Twitter account because they're on top of it. They've got some great things. They had the cast read like passages from the books, which to be fair, I was like cringing out loud the entire time, but it was still a good time. I appreciated them. I, I deserved that. So I was happy. That was happy for me. Yeah, I think that's fun when they have like book to movie adaptation or book to TV show adaptations where they have the actors read from the book because like a couple ones mm-hmm. have done that. And I think it's so fun. Um, I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we jump into spoilers, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. And we're back. So now we're going to jump into some spoilers. Okay, so let's just start with things that we liked. So we already kind of talked about this, but if you want to get into more spoiler things that you liked, so characters that you liked, storylines, whatever, things that you liked. Um, I liked, I'm just going to jump right into it. So definitely don't be listening to this if you don't want spoilers. I liked that I guessed who Lady Whistledown was, like, <laughs> Almost immediately. Me too. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they made it kind of obvious on purpose so even dumb bitches like me who never guess any plot twists could get it, but I was still proud of myself nonetheless. Um, that was the biggest thing. I think, okay, so the moment where I was like, okay, so I actually didn't know who it was. Where well, I'm just going to say it. What's her name? Penel- Penelope. Penelope. Okay. So Penelope is Lady Whistledown, and there's a scene where Lady Whistledown publishes some information that Penelope knows about. And I was like, oh, Penelope (laughs) gave it to Lady Whistledown at first. (laughs) But then I was like, I bet she is Lady Whistledown. (laughs) (laughs) But I was close. I was close. I was close. You were... I just had, like, a feeling about her from the beginning. Like, she always seemed to be, like, in everyone's, like, business, which is fair. I mean, like, I would want to know all the gossip, too. But they, like, made a point to, like, show her kind of getting mm-hmm. in on everyone's business. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, and I did like her as a character. I thought she was very interesting, too. So it was cool that um, they made her Lady Whistledown. So also, I have a question, Trudy. Mm-hmm. Is Lady Whistledown, like, a thing in the books, or did they just make that up for the show? Great question. So, I had, because this is, I actually want to talk about that. So, Lady Whistledown is in the books, and it is, like, okay. the whole, it's still, like, the main part of, like, the first four books of the series are about Lady Whistledown. And then, naturally, mm-hmm. the fourth book, which is Penelope's book, is where Lady Whistledown is revealed. And, like, that's actually the first time the audience knows, too. So for me, obviously going into the series, I was like, okay, knowing with Lady Whistledown, I knew who Lady Whistledown was in the books and I anticipated that they were going to keep it the same character. They weren't going to switch that around. So going through it, like I was watching and I noticed like, hey, they have Penelope in all of these scenes in the background. Um, and the actress, Nic- uh, Nicola Coughlin, like actually mentioned like that was like a purposefully done thing. So like, it was really cool to like see that, like they were purposefully doing that. Um, but I was also very curious, like people like you guys who didn't know, like if it was so obvious, but I felt like it was, but I was honestly shocked that they were revealed at the end of the season who it was. Um, but I think it makes sense because again, the books are out. So it's very easily to just figure that out yourself. And then again, they made it so obvious that like, they kind of had to reveal it at the end of the season or else, you know, like it was so obvious, but yeah, Yeah, no, it is a thing in the books. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And they revealed it in a way where they can continue in another season still with the storyline because the mm-hmm. characters don't know who it is, but it right. still gave the viewers the satisfaction of like finding something out at the end of the show. Right. 
And I, again, so Penelope is my favorite character in the entire series of the books. Um, I think she's also probably my favorite character in the TV series. That one I think is like a little bit, Eloise is definitely up there in the TV series for me as well. Um, but so I was overall happy with how they did her character. I just have a really big issue, but we're going to get to that later. So I'm not going to get there now. We're talking about happy things, things we like. I was just going to say, speaking of that, another thing I liked was her and Eloise's friendship. It was yes! just such like a core mm-hmm. part of the show for me. I think the actresses had really great like chemistry. I think mm-hmm. they did really well in scenes together. And it was just, it was just a really, really well done throughout the show. It's such a small, it's not as big of a thing in the books. So I was really happy mm-hmm. that they like kind of took this minor thing in the books and they made it like a pretty major part of the TV show. So yes, I really enjoyed that too. Yeah, I just love like when TV shows and books and stuff have like a strong female friendship that's mm-hmm. not like there's no, well, I guess this one does have some drama, but it's okay. You know, like they're like really close together and not like fighting over petty shit. I like right. when that happens. Yeah. It makes me yeah. happy. All right, let's just go through all of the characters real fast, and we'll talk about whether we like them or not. How about that? Sure. Um, sure. So let's start with our mains. We have Simon and Daphne. What are our thoughts on Simon and Daphne and their relationship? Daphne had weird bangs, but um, I'm okay with her. She – I didn't really have any strong feelings about her. Um, there was definitely – or their relationship, really. I wasn't really – I mean, in the beginning, um, I was like, oh, yeah, they could be cute. And then as the show went on – especially because of one incident, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little in a little bit. Um, it just kind of like made me a little bit sour on their relationship. Um, I think, you know, they were fine. Um, Daphne, uh, she's cool, you know, I guess. <laughs> I liked, I liked, um, I had no real feelings on her, but then towards the end when she starts to help out Marina, and starts to like mm. have like her own sort of life, I guess. Yeah. I was like, okay, you're cool. Let's keep doing yeah. this. Yeah. I, yeah. So I think what was weird about the, <laughs> so this, I, I hate to talk about the books and I've been, tr- I was trying to say this for later, but I do think it's important to talk about this. So Daphne in the books, um, the first time I read the book and you guys have all heard me talk about this. I liked it for like the first, I liked most of it. And then something really bad happened. And then I was like, this is terrible. I don't like it anymore. So when I was rereading the book right before the TV show, I already knew that bad thing was going to happen. Um, and it really soured me on everything that was going to come before, even the stuff that I had originally enjoyed um, because I was seeing it in like a new light of like, okay, this is where this is heading and I'm not about it. Um, so in that way, I kind of liked the TV show Daphne because it was a little bit better, um, only a little bit though. But I do think it took away some of the personality she had in the book. Um, and you saw more of that personality towards the end of the series in the TV show, because that's when we got to see, oh, wait, this is the Daphne that was in the books all along. Um, and I'll talk about this, but one of the biggest changes they made to the series um, was uh, Daphne and Simon were actually a friends to lovers story, right? So they were actually mm-hmm. friends first. And then they still had that like angst of, oh, you're my best friend's sister and all of that stuff going on but they were friends first. They were never that like enemy kind of thing, which they kind of skipped. They did it for like maybe an episode or two in the TV show. But I do think that changed one Daphne's personality a bit and it changed some of the other stuff in their relationship that comes after. But so just thought I would throw that out there. So I like enjoyed them, I guess they were cute, but whatever. They weren't my girl anyway. (laughs) That's kind of how I was because I went into it and I was like, oh, this, maybe this will be like enemy lovers. And then they started fake dating. And I was like, fake dating, dating. I'm going to love this. But it just, I don't know. 
maybe they just their characters were both just I don't know I just didn't really feel that anything about them um and maybe that's because I went in with like I guess I didn't go at high expectations when they started fake dating I was like oh this is gonna be good and then it just kind of was like eh so I don't know I really I, liked them the first three episodes and then they kind of fell off a little bit yeah and they redeemed yeah, themselves that's kind of anything, how I was but. I was cool with them the whole time. I was like, oh, yes. Enemies to lovers, fake dating. Here I am vibing. <laughs> also, I really did like Simon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like the I liked, actor. The actor who played yes. Simon did a really awesome job. Also, he did. He did. He's he, very oh, attractive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yes. at work, at work the other day, I was um I was on the iPad and um I had to clear out something that I'd searched because I accidentally searched the <laughs> musical bootleg. I didn't mean to. It auto-filled. And I was like, that, that's illegal. <laughs> so I had to clear out the search. And I saw in the searches that someone had Googled, and it wasn't me, someone had Googled the actor that plays um, <laughs> Simon. And I was like, okay, we're lusting over this guy at work. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like you. I like Fair him. enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame them either. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I liked him a lot. And I liked, I don't know, the, dr- the drama of, like, his d- relationship with his dad. I was like, oh, okay, okay. I don't know. It was fun. I was, I was like, cool. Yeah. All of that drama was yeah. actually straight from the book, and I thought they did a really good job adapting it as they needed to for the show. Um, another character I really enjoyed was Lady Danbury. Um, I thought she was really awesome. Um, she was exactly like she was in the book, only black, which is even better. Um, and... And I think they utilized her in a good way of like making her related to Simon or like made her like a little bit more inter- intertwined into Simon's story. So I really liked her and I was really happy with that as well. Yeah, she was a great addition to the show. I like her too. Mm-hmm. Okay, another character that I'm hoping, I think I actually enjoyed way more in the TV series than in the books was Benedict. Um, in the books, Benedict's not really around until his book and then he kind of disappears again. Um, but in this TV show, Benedict, who is the artist one, because <laughs> both Grace you. and you, Sarah, <laughs> are giving you looks. So Benedict is the second oldest uh, brother, and he's the artist. Um, and he has a kind of storyline in this where he, like, befriends um, a man who's an artist as well. They have, he goes, like, through a bohemian experience and finds out the other guy is gay um, and has, like, a, a fair fling thing with the modiste. Um, what did you guys think of that storyline and Benedict in general and his relationship with Eloise? Cause that was a big thing too. No thoughts on that man very much. Although yeah. I hope that he is by next season or in a Same. I was, I was kind of expecting it to go that direction. I kind of wanted it to, but as of right now, kind of the same. Also, it doesn't help that I genuinely, I could not tell you which one was him <laughs> in a lineup. So all of his scenes, I probably thought he was one of the other brothers. <laughs> I do, yeah, I could see how that could be a problem. <laughs> I, I think I liked him so much more than, just because I was not expecting to like him at all, because again, in the books, he's like nothing. So I was like, wait, you have an actual storyline. And it's actually kind of interesting. Um, but I'm with you with the um, bisexual. I really do hope he's bi. Um, we're, we'll talk about the queer baiting later, but um, I do hope that in future seasons, they can explore that um, some more. Um, we've talked about how much we loved Eloise. So then we actually are going backwards. Let's go back up to the oldest brother, Anthony. Um, so he is our oldest brother. He is the Viscount. He has a little bit of like a, he has some issues in this one about being too overprotective and then has a whole situation with Sienna, the opera singer. So what were our thoughts on Anthony? Um, 
in the beginning, like you said, he was definitely just, he was just the worst. Like during that one episode, he was like, you're going to marry this dude. And she was like, no. And he was like, yes. And she was like, no, I was like, you're so fucking stupid. Um, and it was, it really annoyed me. So at first I didn't like him. I was like, you're so annoying. Like go away. No one needs your opinion. Like, I don't care what you're trying to do. Like get out of here. Um, and also he's like fucking over that girl. So I was like, you suck. Um, but then his, re- it, it was the same girl in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. His relationship with her as the show went on, it got more interesting. Um, like I kind of lost track of it a little bit just because I lost track of all three of their storylines a little bit because I got them confused. But I think if I watch it again, I, I would be able to like, also the other thing is I also mixed up her with all the other white brunette girls. So <laughs> that's valid. It, I, I'm not totally clear on the storyline, but from what I could tell, it got more interesting as the show went on. And um, I'm sure they'll make a second season. And I'm interested to see where it goes then because I think it, hopefully it'll get better and even more interesting because towards the end, once I, I started to be able to tell them apart a little bit more and I was like, oh, he's the one who had the thing with her in the beginning. Um, it was definitely interesting. So he grew on me as the show went on. In the beginning, I definitely hated him, but toward by the end, it was like, all right, maybe you're okay. Maybe you're all right. Yeah, same. I think at first I was like, you're really annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. Yeah. But you are nice to look at. And then by <laughs> the end, I was like, oh, then you've got some layers. You're not too bad. It's still nice to look at. <laughs> Those are my I will thoughts. say, I think Jonathan Bailey looks better without the sideburns, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I just sideburns were bad. Yeah. I pretended they weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> um, question before I give my opinion. Did you guys like the relationship between him and the opera singer, or we were like, whatever, it is what it is, or, and like, you want to see more of it, or are you like, hey, whatever, I'm okay with it being over? Wait, that was the only girl he had a thing with, really, right? Yes, it was like a legit girl. thing. Okay. okay. So I think they were definitely interesting, and I would like to see more of them in the next season. I don't know. Like, I feel like there was, there was more bad stuff that happened with them that I didn't, that I just forget because I didn't know who he was. <laughs> but from what I remember, I liked it, and I would be interested to see more in season two, although it seems like she's marrying that guy, so I don't really know. I feel like opera singer does not want to be with him. And she shouldn't be. That's true. That's true. There we go. Okay. I wanted to ask this question before I give my opinion on Anthony, uh, because I'm about to give you book spoilers. So, um, so one with Anthony, um, at first I, so my first time through, I was like, what are they doing to this character? Because he was so like unlikable at the beginning. Um, and then again, yeah, they do make, and like, I was like, where are they trying to take him? Because this, so basically his storyline is very different than from in the book, but also because the first book has really nothing to do with him. He's just kind of a side character in that one. Um, but it was very clear by the end that they were setting up, setting him up to be in the same place where he is at the beginning of his book, which is the second book in the series. And if they're following the same formula, then it would appear, since season one was so focused on Daphne and Simon, that the second ep- season would be focused on Anthony and his love interest. Who is not the opera singer. And that's singer the thing the is, who is not the opera singer, which is why I asked that question. <laughs> does, what? does the opera singer, does she exist in the She's book? like a throwaway character. Um, and it's not even the same, like, first name. Like, they change the names and stuff. Because I think, it, in the book, it's like Maria, but they, that's too close to Marina. So I think that's why they changed the first name. Mm. Um, so it's like a throwaway character. 
So, like, they clearly were, like, trying to give him something to do over the season. And then also they were, like, putting him back in the same place. Like, the whole idea at the end of the, se- the, end of the season, he's like, oh, I'm going to marry someone because I need to, but, like, I'm not going to fall in love. And that's kind of where he's at in the beginning of the book. There's a different reason for it, but, like, he's in the same place. So I got it by the end. And I will say on my second viewing, I liked Anthony more because I kind of was watching him. And I was like, okay, this makes sense for why he's acting the way he's acting. Like, he's overprotective and he's being dumb, but it makes sense because he doesn't actually know what's going on and all those things. So, like, I was, at the second time, he was one of those characters that on the second time I actually liked more the second time. So, yeah, no, that was really interesting. But, yeah, so I do think it's, I've been trying to gauge because I feel like there are certain characters, like Sienna, who I liked as a character. I really thought it was she was great. Um, I really liked that she was, like, super done with Anthony by the end because she was like, you need to stop jerking me around and I'm not going to be who you're going to be. And, like, what Grace was saying earlier, like, she doesn't she should go marry her dude and be happy i did like the speech at the end yeah how mm-hmm. she was like he doesn't ask me to change she doesn't make me like go out to these fancy balls and everything mm-hmm. right it was good and it's cool that she was like a throwaway character in the books but they like definitely developed her more in this one and they you know yeah so that's cool in the in the show mm-hmm. i mean yes yeah, so and i cool. think she's one of those throwaway characters that they put for tv and they made a more fleshed out character that they did a good job with um, we'll get to the one that they did not do such a good job with. Um, but I, yeah, so I was pretty happy with how that went overall. Um, again, and I'm not as, I don't think I was like, so her, the, in the, the character in the book is named Kate. That's Anthony's like future love interest. And while I love them and I do enjoy their book, I was not like super against the fact that like, is in the book, he's only ever, he only ever falls in love with Kate. He's never in love with anyone else ever. And like, that's like a character choice. And in this, obviously, that was different because he thinks he's in love with this opera singer. Um, but I was like, I don't care with, I'm, I'm okay with that because we're probably, because we're probably getting season two. So we're probably going to get at least their story. So I, something, this is sort of off topic. It's kind of interesting to me that the books don't go in like, like you'd think that she would start with the oldest and work her way down to the youngest, but she starts but, off with the fourth. But patriarchy, Grace, patriarchy. Daphne, who is the youngest daughter, is going to get married before the sons get married because women get married so much younger. Because in the book, she's like... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because she's like 20, right? But the guys are all like late 20s, but they're not going to get married until they're like 30. Okay, that makes sense. Because the Duke is supposed to be, I think, like a year or two, like barely older than Anthony. So she's getting married to like basically someone like six years older, which isn't terrible, but like that's what how it works out. Um, yeah, I think all of the other siblings go in order, though. Um, and then yeah. the last two are switched, but that's fine. Because um, I don't even know if they'll get there, but we'll get there later. Okay, so then I think our last two main last characters that we haven't really talked about are Colin and Marina. So what were our thoughts on Colin? And then we can talk about Marina as well. Um, no thoughts um, on Colin. <laughs> yeah, Colin, he's just kind of there. Um, Marina? I liked her. I felt like, obviously I felt really bad for her throughout the whole show. Like she got so much shit. And then when we found out that, you know, when the guy showed up, I was like, oh, maybe like her, her man is here or whatever. And he like didn't get her letters or some bullshit and she'll get a happy ending. And he was dead. Yeah. I felt really sad for her, but at least she found out that he didn't abandon her on purpose. Um, but yeah, I so I'm curious about her character in the books too. I'm assuming is she a love interest of one of the Bridgertons besides Colin? So before Perhaps. I give that answer, Grace, you tell me because I'm, I'm I want Grace's opinion first before I talk about book stuff. 
I also really liked Marina. I thought she was really interesting and nuanced. And I liked that, like, there I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, there was, well, not cool. It's sad. But, you know, I was like, this is some, in- this is some good character writing. Because there was, like, mm-hmm. there was, like, this one part where sh- they're in the dress shop. And she do- does something, like, really, like, cruel in order to, like, get what she wants. And it's, like, it shows that, like, she's, like, literally willing to do anything to mm-hmm. not suffer the way that women who are pregnant without men are going to suffer and like but she's going too far and she's taking on the the evil lady that's taking care of her what's her name La- La- lady La- featherington La- lady featherington like she's taking on too much of her traits i was like oh i see what they're doing my brain mm-hmm. cells are working i see what they're doing and i like it yeah and i liked her she was yeah cool. she was like I just like the way that they wrote her, no matter how much Lady Featherington tried to, like, guilt her and make her ashamed of herself, she never was. Like, there were definitely points where she, like, wished she wasn't in her situation and everything, but she never, like, she never gave in to that, essentially. Like, she get, she got to the point where she's like, yeah, I will marry Colin because I know that's what's best for me and what will put me in the best situation. But she never, like, gave in to Lady Featherington's pressuring her to marry these weird old men. So, um, I just, I, I really, I was really fascinated by her character and that's why I wanted to ask more about what she was like in the books. And I'm curious, like what her role is in the books. I also liked how, um, she, like, she didn't take any, like she was doing what she wanted or like what she needed to do and not listening to Lady Featherington. But she also like with Penelope was doing the same thing because Penelope was like, you need to tell Mm -hmm. Colin that you're pregnant and she's like, I'm making this decision for me yes I'm not gonna listen mm-hmm. to you and I was like you know what and you're valid for that yeah and she you know what I I didn't talk about this yet but Penelope ended up obviously stabbing her in the back so hard Penelope mm-hmm. would like pretended to be her friend and which just saw her as like competition the whole time like for Colin or whatever and like actively sabotaged you know her trying to have the best future for herself which like and I her kid Penelope. and her kid mm-hmm. and her kid's future yeah and, like, Penelope, I guess, like, you know, she had feelings for Colin or whatever, but she, like, majorly fucked up this woman's life. And Marina, you know, I think she, uh, if I remember correctly, like, she was pretty genuine to Penelope the whole time. And I just, I felt bad for her that yeah. she got fucked over that bad. Okay, so let me, <laughs> Sarah's gonna hate me. Um, okay, so here we go. So first of all, I Colin is my favorite um, Bridgerton man, um, and I love I love him in Penelope's book a lot. So I was very they're very much my favorite characters. Um, the first time watching through, I was like Colin's fine. He's not quite the Colin from the books, but maybe he'll grow into that. And I do think on the second re- rewatch, like you get little glimpses of that. So I do think that's what they're setting up is that Colin will become more like charming and suave and all of that stuff later on and meddling and all that stuff. So I liked him. I was fine with. Overall, I was okay with what they did. I did have an issue with this Marina storyline, so I'm getting there. Um, and I really liked Penelope, like I mentioned earlier, especially in the beginning, because I do think she was very genuine with her friendship with Marina. Um, I do think she was very, obviously, with Eloise. Like, the, all of that in the beginning was really well, like, really good. Um, so what's, like, so now we're going to transition into what I did not like, because I can go off on this Marina storyline. So here's the thing with the Marina storyline. Uh, Marina is a character I really enjoyed. I as a TV show character, I was like, she's really compelling for all the reasons you guys talked about. Um, she knew what she wanted. She did what she needed to do. Um, and she was really great. I also enjoyed that she was one of our few women of care, uh, women of color who, you know, had to, and 
so, but that's also a problem. Um, she is one of the few women of color. Um, she's one of the only women of color who um, get a love interest. Um, but she's also going through so much shit throughout the season. And here's the thing about Marina. So Marina is a throwaway character um, in the fifth book of the Bridgerton series. And originally, she is married to Philip Crane, as she is in the show. Um, in the, so in the book series, her, she, um, she's, she's supposed to be engaged to George Crane, but then George Crane dies in war. So then Philip agrees to marry her um, to like take it over. So very, it's kind of similar to what they set up in the show. The thing is, is though, so Philip and Marina are married and they have kids together. So the kids in the series are actually Philip's, whereas here it's George's, which I don't know if those are going to be relevant or not. So we'll, we'll, that's what we're going to see in the future. Um, spoiler alert, Philip and Eloise are actually love interests in the book. So what happens, um, and I kind of alluded to this last week when I was talking about this book, and I said, hey, I don't really like Philip, and I don't really like this book, and the show has actually ruined my enjoyment of the book. Um, so what happens in the beginning of the fifth book, um, here's like a quick warning here. Um, she has depression, and it's described like throughout her life that Marina has suffered from depression, and she ends up trying to kill herself. Um, she does not succeed, but she ends up dying from like the um, pneumonia later on because of she tried to drown herself. So if they're going with the same storyline, I am going to be furious because not only, one, do they purposely cast a woman of color for this role, two, purposely took the side character who already has a bunch of tragedy, put her through more shit throughout the season, two, three, not, they purposely put her in between the, because frankly, Colin and Penelope's book is the like most like hyped book and like they are the fan favorite characters they're the fan favorite couple and they purposely put them in a love triangle like you purposely put position the woman of color to be in a love triangle with two fan favorite characters and a fan favorite uh, couple knowing that the audience like the general audience is going to be like oh I don't like Marina and I do think us here on the podcast are nuanced enough to be like okay we understand Marina and we don't hate Marina but there are plenty of people who like really hate her and there are also definitely people who hate Penelope which I also disagree with but I was really upset because as individual characters, I think they're great, but I think this storyline did a disservice to all three because I also hated that Colin was like in puppy love with her because that would never be what Poppy, but like Colin would actually do. Like that was annoying. Penelope in the books is super sweet and she would never do something this cruel. Now, I do think it's an interesting character for like a character moment for her. And I do think it might be interesting how they're going to like redeem her, I guess, in the following seasons. So like that gives her something to do. So I'm okay with that one a little bit but I'm just going to be really mad with the Marina of it all if they end up killing her off really is in essence. Um, so yeah, that was my rant on that. So I will say wild. as someone that is wild. Mm-hmm. I will say as someone who doesn't know what she's talking about, but maybe because I don't know what I'm talking about. And I do know what I'm talking about. I feel like they won't kill her off because they already, they already tried. They already did that storyline pretty much like mm-hmm. she, she makes some sort of like, poison this drink and drinks mm-hmm. it as like a suicide attempt slash attempt to like abort her child pretty much and it doesn't work on either level mm-hmm. so I feel like if they did it again later me the audience who has never read the books would be like didn't they pull this shit season one I hope so like I ideally and this is also me I this will also be my other complaint with one thing very distinct lack of um LGBTQ characters and one thing that the preview the promo for this tv show was like highlighted that so I do feel like they kind of queer baited you because there's like a one minor character that's mentioned 
And like, yes, that's really beautiful, but like none of the main characters are not straight. So I hated that. But anyway, what I would really love for them to do is flip uh, Philip and Marina's narratives um, from the books and have Eloise and Marina be love interests and kill off Philip. I think that, that would be, be awesome. Cool. I think there would be outreach Elo- because a lot of people love Eloise and Philip and their book and all of that. But personally, I think that'd be way better. And also we don't have to kill Marina because why do that? That would be cool. Much I will to say- think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I feel like it's only one season, mm-hmm. so maybe I feel like they were planting hints about Benedict at least being mm-hmm. LGBT. I hope so. That's what I. That's how I perceived it. Good. So in the second season, they would like elaborate on that more, but in this season, they're just like the seeds. That that is what I. That was what I was thinking would happen when I watched it, but that is just my opinion. That is also what yeah, I'm knowing, hoping and thinking will happen, but we'll see. And knowing what happens in the book versus, and the way you explained it with like Penelope and Colin being a fan favorites, definitely mm-hmm. like changes. It doesn't change. I mean, it kind of changes. Yeah. My like it makes me think about it differently. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, that's my thing is I feel like, and I don't know if this is, cause I, I feel like while watching the show, what you're supposed to do is, feel for Marina. You're supposed to understand where she's coming from. But at the end of the day, you don't I think you're supposed to not blame Penelope for trying to basically save Colin um, from being like in this loveless marriage. But I don't feel like that's what actually came across. Because what I feel like it came across is that more like Penelope's throwing this girl under the bus. And yes, we understand it because she again, she's trying to save her friend. But like, it's still cruel because Marina is like also her friend. and it makes people not like Penelope, who is supposed to be the, like, the number one character, in my opinion. So like, it's, it's a little bit of a mess. So I don't know what they were going for on that one, especially, again, because she's a woman of character. And it's like just setting her up for failure. And it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, I definitely sided with Marina in Same. that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So me and Sarah siding with her makes me wonder if... Maybe that was the point. Maybe. Maybe that was the point. Because... But then what you said, so, like, I wonder if there's, like, two different perspectives. But that's the thing, is I feel people. like that wasn't supposed to be the point. And I feel like that's what oh. everyone, I feel like normal audience coming out of it would be like, oh, like, Marina was totally fine. But I feel like that's not what they were trying to do. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, and we'll see, I th- but. I think they used that as a way to strongly hint that Penelope was Lady Whistledown. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't. I think that's that was the main goal of that storyline from what I can gather because that's most what I got out of it. Like I definitely, but like I felt more for Marina in that situation. So I think they were just trying to make it like people suspicious that she was Lady Whistledown at that yeah. point. So yeah. make it like more obvious, I guess. It's just my guess because you're right. It's it's weird. It's weird. It's a weird. I think those are one of the ones where I'm like willing to wait and see how they go. But if they do end up following, I'm, this is the thing with like, the way the season one went overall, they followed the book. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about some of the things they followed the books that they shouldn't have. But overall, they followed the overall plot of the book, which is what makes me think that they will for future seasons, which makes me worried. So I'm hoping that this is one of those things that they change. Um, but we'll see. I just feel like it would be weird to set Marina up as a character because clearly in the books, she's just a plot device, but in this, she was like a real character. I feel like it'd be Mm -hmm. weird to set her up and then kill her off in what? Six seasons. Well, we don't even know what Netflix is doing because Netflix never renews anything past season four, which like, honestly, for me, I would like love eight seasons because there's eight books and like, that would be perfect. But like, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm like, I don't know how they're going to deal with all of that. Um, 
I'm sure there's some creative ways because technically three of the books happen at the exact same time. So I can totally see them like combining that into one season, but also those are like some of my favorite characters. So I'm like, no, they need their own season, but you know. Do they not renew things past season four? Other than like House of Cards and like Orange is the New Black, most things they end after like season three or four. I feel like. Unless it's like a really popular show. Which, to be fair, uh, this sounds like it's been, but we'll see. That's true. Didn't BoJack have six? Yeah, it did. Yeah, and true. then so maybe I don't think BoJack was like popular, but it was like crazy popular. So they could, they yeah. could. And I'm then hopeful they unionized and they canceled it. <laughs> anyway, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that like because Shondaland has like a deal with Netflix, maybe something will work out there. I don't know. I would love for it to be eight seasons. Um, I really you know I'm pretty positive we're getting a season two, um, which we're going to talk about it later, but we'll see. So we talked about, so we kind of transitioned here into things we didn't like. Um, so we talked about the Marina storyline. I talked about the queer baiting. Um, another thing before we get into the big one is the colorism in this show. So obviously there's diversity casting, which was great and awesome. And we love to see a world where people of all different colors can be in fancy dresses and be rich and go into balls. And that's really great. Um, however, there are zero women who are dark-skinned who have speaking lines other than, like, Lady Danbury. Um, so, like, none yeah. of them who are, like, love interest or have love. Like, all of the women of color are light, lighter-skinned. Like, Marina, um, the bo- uh, Simon has a friend who's a boxer. His wife is also lighter-skinned, even though Will is actually who's the boxer's friend, who the boxer friend is. Um, it's darker-skinned. So I do think that was an issue. Like, yes, it's great that you have a lot of biracial or light-skinned um, women, but it would be nice if we had some people who were darker than a paper bag. So that's just throwing that out there. That's another thing that I would like to see change. That's something that they could easily fix by, say, casting Kate to be a dark-skinned woman, Bridgerton casting yeah. people. Yeah, they should definitely make an effort to amend that because, yeah, it was pretty apparent in the show, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree, and I don't always notice stuff like that, but after a few episodes, mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I'm yeah. picking up a pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And on that also note, I, so I really liked, at first, how they did not explain that there are people of color all over the place, and I really liked that they're, that's just the way it is. There's an alternative universe where everything is happy, because again, we're not supposed to be taking this show seriously anyway. Um, but then they threw in an explanation by saying that Queen Charlotte married the king so because of love he like granted titles and stuff to people of color um and that's why we have diverse fat people in our society um i would have much rather they had given no explanation and just went with it um than trying to put this explanation in because it doesn't really cover everything and like it makes you think like there are now there's like all kinds of loopholes with it and i was just annoyed a little bit that they threw that in there like i can ignore it but I don't want them to go anywhere further with this. I'd rather they just leave it alone and just let it be. Yeah, I kind of was like, oh, I appreciate what they're trying to do. But then they didn't try hard enough to do it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. never mind. Okay. And then I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room. So, um, so here I'm just going to give a quick warning. We are going to talk about um, sexual assault. And reproductive coercion is the technical word here. If you want to skip ahead. The timestamp is in the description below. In the books, um, I've talked about before, Daphne rapes Simon. Um, He is drunk and they have sex and she like forces him upon him. I'm going to compare that scene in a second. Um, In the show, so so let me actually first say I set it up. In the book, 
Um, what happens is he's been pulling out, like in the show, he pulls out every time they have sex and she finds out from, um, one of the uh, people in the household that, you know, how sex actually works because of course women in the society have no idea what, how sex works. And so she doesn't realize that him not coming in her, it means like there's no baby. So then after she finds out, she actually confronts Simon in the book and they have an argument and she's like, I'm not going to be in your, I'm not going to sleep in the same room as you. Uh, we need to sleep in separate bedrooms. I'm mad at you. And Simon gets really upset and he goes out and gets really drunk. And then he comes back and um, begs her, can we sleep in the same bed? And she's like, fine. So they sleep in the same bed. And then while he's still kind of drunk and like kind of half asleep, but they're like waking up, um, he's naturally hard because that's what people, cause guys have morning wood and she, you know, and then they have sex and she, and cause he's drunk and he's not, does not, cannot give full consent. She rapes him because he ha- comes inside her. The book kind of, because you're able to get into Simon's head in the book form, they do, he does have like a moment where he kind of reflects on it and he thinks about, he's not really okay with that. But at the end, he's like more embarrassed that he stuttered in front of her than anything else. So it's not really addressed in the book either. Um, The whole book makes me feel icky about it because Daphne is never upset about it and she's very manipulative, like I mentioned earlier. So the book left me with a very icky feeling. It was very clearly raped because he was drunk, he was half asleep um, and very clearly did not give consent. And they don't really address it at all. Um, However, I did like that she confronted him first before anything else happened. Like they first had a conversation and then something, and then, the whatever nonsense happened. Um, in this show, um, she finds same idea. She he's been pulling out. She finds out how sex actually works. Um, she gets confirmation when he pulls out again, and she goes and asks her maid to explain how does sex work, and she finds out. Here in the show, it's very calculated. Um, Daphne purposely goes and has sex with Simon and gets on top, flips him over, so she's on top, and. If you read the sub the subtitles, I it wasn't hard for me to hear, but in the subtitles he does say wait, um, but she does not wait, and he comes inside her. Um, I think the technical term is reproductive coercion because that's what's going on here. The act started consensually, but does not finish that way. Um, afterwards, again, the show does not really address it. It's a lot more. I think Daphne has a valid point in that you know Simon is lying to her how sex actually works. Um, Because she clearly doesn't know anything, and he knew that. Um, But uh, Simon is never given the opportunity to be upset with her taking advantage of him, and they never really address it, and then they kind of just get back together, and he's like, yes, I want to have kids because I love you more than I hate my dad, which is fine, but, like, they never address the the situation. So, having said, summarized all of that, do we have thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, pretty much what you said, um, I knew, I remembered you mentioning this because you mentioned, you've mentioned it every time we talk about Bridgerton pretty much because it's important Mm -hmm. to know going into it. Um, So I knew going in that there was going to be a weird scene. I didn't know how they would do it in the show. Um, From what you told me about the book, I guess it's a little bit better in the show, but it definitely made me extremely uncomfortable watching it. it, yeah, it made me really uncomfortable to watch, and it kind of just soured my view on their relationship. Um, and it is, you know, I guess they wanted to still include it in some form because it was part of the storyline. But um, I don't know. It was still just very uncomfortable to watch. It made me feel icky about their relationship from that point on because it was very questionable. 
um, the way it happened. So that was definitely like, probably my least favorite thing about the show. And um, yeah, that's, that's it. It's just, it, it, I, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah. So I did know that there was a thing because Shrew mm-hmm. pretty has brought it up. And I feel like I compared what I knew sort of to the show and I was like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Like it's still bad. But I was mm-hmm. like, in my mind, I had pictured it to be much worse. So I was like, well, that's good. <laughs> but it's not good. It's still bad. It's still bad. But yeah, and also the thing where, so she, Daphne gets upset with Simon because he's been telling her he can't have kids. But really, he just won't, chooses not to. And I'm like, I get it. But, you know, he didn't, he just... He just bent the truth. He didn't lie, lie. And, like, in comparison to her taking advantage of him, that's not as bad of a thing to do, objectively. And exactly. Yeah, it would have been, I feel like, I feel like they could have just, like, made the conflict be that he lied to her and kept it at that. And that would have still created enough conflict to carry out the rest of the season and then they mm-hmm. can resolve it nicely enough. Or they could have just, like, had her attempt it and he, like, get mad and say no and they don't she doesn't go through with it and then they can have a fight about two things like he's mad at her for that she's mad at her for what she's mad at him for lying and then they reconcile that later but they yeah that's, that's not how they did it i was just gonna say and you were right they didn't really give him a chance to kind of process that they didn't address him being traumatized or anything by it at all in the show yeah yeah, and I think there are people very vocal in the romance book community who felt feel that both in the book, and I haven't seen too much about it on the show, but I assume on the show as well, they do feel, feel like the scene is necessary because it caused a discussion. I disagree because this is supposed to be a romance, so you want to root for your characters to be together. And again, overall, I liked the show, but this is definitely one of the worst part. And overall, this episode was also like where the Marina stuff comes in. So it's like the worst. Ep- it was like by far the, my least favorite episode. Um, and I think my issue with it is that there were so many other ways where you can still have the same conflict, the same character beats without having this situation, like stuff that like Grace described, but also like they can have the confrontation and then he's been pulling out. That is not a safe method. You can still get pregnant by pulling out. So like, you can still have it where she thinks she might be pregnant um, because she's like missing her periods and stuff. And then, you know, it turns out she's not actually pregnant. So you still have everything else from the storyline without having to have a scene where there are issues with consent because you want to root. Cause yes, this book was written, you know, 20 years ago and it takes place, you know, 200 years ago. Fine. But we are still in modern times watching the show. And that's very important. I think to keep in mind when you're watching the TV show. Right. And also, like, if the roles were reversed, like, we would not be having this conversation. We would be like, this is wrong, point blank, period. But because she's the one doing it, like, people will be like, it's not that bad. But it still is, though. It still is. Right. And I do think also what gives, like, credence to, like, you should have a discussion about it is the idea that he lied to her. And I do think that is all, I do think that's also an issue of like you're lying to your sexual partner about how sex works and where you know very well that they don't know. And I do think that's another issue, but it doesn't like it's two wrongs don't make a right situation. Yeah, it's like they're exactly. both wrong. One is a little bit more wrong than the other. Um, so, but they're both wrong. And I think that's the problem is it's okay if they're both wrong, if they didn't have a discussion and communicate about it, 
which is another reason mm-hmm. why I was really frustrated where they got rid of the friends to lovers part because they were actually friends who communicated together, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so definitely the least popular and least favorite part, I think, of the series for all of us. Oh, and just uh, real quick, one of my favorite scenes that was a purely TV show scene, not from the books, is Daphne gets a moment where she basically yells at her mom for how terrible of a sex talk she was given. Um, in the books, Violet give, is, also has a very terrible sex talk before the night before their marriage. And then, of course, Daphne goes in completely unknowing, not knowing what's going on, but she never hits a moment to confront her mom about it. But in the TV show, they do give that. And I think that was really awesome and really important. And I hope that will mean that, you know, Violet actually has good sex talks with her daughters in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So we are nearing the end here. Finally, let's just think about, we think that there is probably very likely going to be a season two. Um, The, one of the actors, Jonathan Bailey, who plays Anthony was in an interview where it was like very clearly, he wasn't allowed to say anything, but, like, he has no poker face, so it was, like, kind of like a, I don't know, but yes, but I don't know. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, so I have a strong feeling, and also because of it, given how popular it is, it's probably getting a season two. Netflix just likes to, you know, take its own time. So any theories, anything you want to see from season two? Who inherited the Fair- Fair- Featherington house? Anything, any thoughts? Hmm. I would definitely like to see more Anthony um, because what you said about his storyline, he seems interesting and I think he got better as the show goes on. And based on what you said, it sounds like we will. Yeah. I'd like to see more of him and um, the other two, Colin and Benedict. I would like them to have different hairstyles next season. Yeah. There we go. Like quaff it differently, like something to mix it up a little so I can tell them apart a little bit easier. One of them can lose the sideburns. Like, let's just let's do something. Well, the sideburns um, make him more noticeable, right? To me, at least. Well, doesn't he and Colin have sideburns? I don't know. I, thought, I feel like they might also scruff some of them up. Maybe, okay. maybe that might help. Yeah. That could help. To me, yeah, Colin, I actually can. Like, Colin is like, he looks more distinctive. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. The mm-hmm. other two are the ones where they're, I'm like, these two yeah. are identical. I feel like I have to say that, like, in the books, they literally say you cannot tell them apart. They all look the same, except that one is taller than the other two. And, like, it's great casting, right? Like, they look, it yeah. all makes, they do look brothers. It makes sense. Yeah, it help. all makes sense. Now that you say that, it yeah. makes sense. You know, I get it. I don't appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> it makes sense, but it's hard. Right. It's hard for us. They could wear yeah. name tags. They could just wear little yeah. name tags. <laughs> or what they need to do is, like, give them, like, a, something in their wardrobe that, like, is very unique to them or something like that. I don't know. Yes. Or, like I said, one know, of them could go blonde. Yeah. Or no. <laughs> or each dialogue, like, if someone, someone would be like, hi, it's me, your brother, Benedict. And the other one can be like, hi, Benedict. It's <laughs> me, your brother, Anthony. To be fair, I feel like I do that. Who knows this, it, Benedict? Actually, this is why I recommend everyone watch with closed captions. Because sometimes they do that, right? Because they say, like, mm-hmm. this is the character and this is who's saying, speaking. So that does Yeah. That. That's why I watch um, everything with closed captions. Yeah. Because I never know any names. <laughs> Something I would like to see in season two is um, by Benedict. Um, Same. Bisexual mm, yes. Benedict Bridgerton, mm-hmm. please. Um, even if... Like, this is not really a spoiler, but, like, his love interest in the book is a woman. So, like, even if they want to keep that and they don't want to, like, necessarily give make gender bend or whatever and make it a guy, like, I would love to see him, like, get with guys beforehand. Like, that's totally fine. Like, let let, let him be bisexual. That's that's my one of my hopes for season two. 
Hmm, I feel like he should end up with a guy. That's my opinion. I mean, I would love, I would love for that to happen. I think it would make the story that I find one of the stories I found least interesting, a little bit more interesting because he already has like a forbidden, his is the Cinderella story. Um, so he already has like a whole class system divide story going on. So it'd be even more interesting if it was also a guy. So then there's like also this forbidden sense of we're not allowed to be together, even though we want to be like, I think it'd be great. I just don't know if they would have the guts to do it. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, Netflix does, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Netflix is the pinnacle of LGBT representation, but they do have it in most of their shows. See, this is the thing. If it was just Shonda and like her creative team, I would be like, absolutely. I'm not worried. The problem is, is I feel like Julia Quinn, who is the authors of the book is part of the process. And I don't think she would say no to these things necessarily, but I feel like they know that the book community would be super against some of these things because they want to see their happy ending with that character. But yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm open to things like that. Like, again, I said I don't like Philip very much and I would love to see Eloise, especially with the woman. I think that would be cool. So, like, things like that I'm happy to change. But I also am, like, the person who doesn't want anything to change with Colin and Penelope. So I totally get it if you, like, if there wasn't that. So I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I can go both ways. Yeah. Yeah, or Eloise. Yes. I'm excited to see how she reacts to knowing that Penelope is God. Lady Whistledown. Yep. Lady Whistledown. I'm excited to see how she reacts. I'm super excited because the scene in the book is kind of a letdown um, because it's actually not in the main books. It's actually in a second epilogue. It was a little disappointing and like I didn't 100% like it. It was okay, but it wasn't what I wanted. And I feel like the show is going to make it a lot more dramatic and interesting. And I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of the other things I've already mentioned, like I want Kate to be dark skinned. I think that would be really cool. Um, Kate has a, so Anthony's story was very much like a 10 things I hate about you kind of situation. So Kate, who's a love interest has a sister, Edwina, and that's who Anthony's first trying to get with. Um, and so I think I would literally have to see that sisterly relationship. And like, they have a stepmom who's really just basically her mom. Like they treat her as their mom and like that whole relationship would be really fun and interesting. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, and this is like a wild dark horse. I don't think this will ever actually happen, but I would love to see it. So in the books, Hyacinth, who is the youngest daughter of the Bridgertons, um, has like a really strong friendship friendship with Lady Danbury. Um, and I would love for them to just kind of like tease that by like Hyacinth going and visiting Lady Danbury and like reading to her or something. Like, I think that would be really fun. Um, also Penelope and Lady Danbury have a really good friendship. So I kind of just want to see Lady Danbury interacting more with like our Bridgerton characters. I think that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I agree. I have no theory, by the way, for who inherited the Featherington house because I cannot think of a single book character it could be. I can't think of any TV show character it could be. So it's probably going to be a brand new character or it's going to be like a, related to one of our book character love interests and I'm, it's going to be like from a really later book that I like didn't anticipate that they would bring up so early. I would love it putting it out there in the, to the universe as well if it's related to Gareth who is Hyacinth's love interest and they just like speed up that whole thing and make them like a childhood frenemies situation would love to see that so just putting that out there into the universe um I do believe we did have one direct message DM from a fan yes our podcast from a fan <laughs> our fan also Laura <laughs> <laughs> um so her, this is, Laura um, DM'd us on Twitter. Our Twitter is at the bookhost because we asked if anyone had any thoughts they wanted to share on the podcast about the Bridgerton TV show. 
they should deem us. So Laura did. She says, um, mainly my thoughts were, I had a good time. I'm ready for Penelope and Colin to get together. I love Marina and I want her to be happy, etc." And then she says, also, all these men do look the same, but that's accurate according to the five seconds of the books I've read. And her final comment is, also, dresses are pretty, loved them. I agree with all that. Yeah. yeah. Good takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, we are ready to wrap up our episode. So next week, we're going to be doing something fun, just the three of us. So that will be exciting. Um, and then in two weeks, we are going to be talking about Tweet Cute and you have a match by Emma Lord. So if you are not reading those and you would like to join along, do so and let us know your thoughts. Um, we have a hashtag, BookHoseRead. Um, and then, of course, we have our social media. You can follow us on Instagram at BookHosePod. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the Bookhose. And as always, you should subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review, especially on iTunes. If you write a review, it helps people find the podcast, and that helps you share the podcast with all of your friends. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. 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 Bye.